Chuck Smeaton from the Royal Institution of Australia, and this is the Cosmos Briefing Podcast. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land wherever you are listening from today, and I would like to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Scientists say that 2021 is our last chance to stop the effects of climate change from fundamentally disrupting the weather patterns we've relied on for millennia. After a year's delay due to COVID, the 26th United Nations Climate Change Conference, also known as COP26, is about to begin in Glasgow, providing a crucial opportunity for more than 100 world leaders to come together and chart our future on this planet. But what do the climate scientists themselves think of this pivotal moment? This week, Cosmos journalist Lauren Fuge speaks to five Australian climate scientists, one each day, to give you an insider's guide into what's at stake at COP26, what to look out for, and what their hopes and fears are. Today we talk to Dr Andrew King, a lecturer in climate science and the ARC DECRA Fellow at the School of Earth Sciences and the ARC Centre of Excellence for Climate Extremes at the University of Melbourne. So why is COP26 such a pivotal moment for the world? Over the last few years, we've seen countries ratcheting up their pledges around greenhouse gas emissions reductions, particularly the US and some European countries. And this has pushed down uh, projected global warming uh, to around two and a half degrees Celsius. And we've now got an opportunity to actually push it down even further with stronger pledges and get closer to meeting the Paris Agreement, where we're aiming to keep global warming well below two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. We've been holding major climate talks for many years now without any conclusive movement on policy or action in Australia. Do you think Glasgow will change things for us? I think there's a lot of pressure on countries like Australia to uh, increase uh, their pledges. Uh, Some countries have made uh, much stronger pledges to reduce emissions uh, relative to Australia. And uh, for Australia to kind of be seen to be making um, a useful contribution to efforts to limit climate change, um, it may be helpful to uh, reduce greenhouse gas emissions further and make pledges that align with that goal. Mm -hmm. Obviously, many countries are submitting more ambitious emissions targets than we are. Do you think that international pressure might influence the decisions that we make around net zero? Yeah, so many countries around the world are making uh, large emissions reduction pledges, um, including goals for net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And we know that we need to get global um, greenhouse gas emissions down to to near net zero by around that time. For Australia to be seen to be playing its part um, in that um, effort, then uh, it might need to to strengthen its, its goals. And I imagine there will be international pressure on Australia to do so. Other than emissions reductions, what other issues are going to be really important to discuss at COP26? So we've already seen a little over one degree Celsius of global warming relative to pre-industrial levels. And that's already had major impacts. We're seeing much worse heat waves. We're already seeing sea level rise. 
uh, worse tropical cyclones in some parts of the world and, and worse heavy rainfall in some parts of the world. And we're already seeing that some countries that are feeling the brunt of these climate change impacts are struggling uh, to cope with those costs. So efforts to um, level the playing field and um, help support countries that are really feeling the worst impacts of climate change uh, would be welcome. In your view, what would be the best and worst outcomes of this summit? The, the best possible outcomes from the summit would be uh, much stronger emissions pledges that actually align with the Paris Agreement and give us a good chance of keeping global warming below two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Uh, the one and a half degrees Celsius goal is harder and requires much, much deeper emissions reductions. If we could get anywhere close to those um, reductions we would need to meet the one and a half degree goal, that would be um, that would be great. In terms of the worst possible outcome we could see from, from Glasgow, um, if we saw basically no change to current pledges, if we saw um, countries maybe arguing uh, more about the best um, actions to take and maybe squabbling over who should emit, um, who should make stronger pledges and who should emit less carbon and kind of pushing the blame onto each other, that, I think that would be unhelpful. Since the last summit in Madrid, how has our understanding of the science improved or changed? Well, since the last summit, we've had uh, the sixth assessment report from the IPCC, uh, working group one, focusing on physical climate change science. And we've seen um, uh, increasing confidence in some key statements around uh, climate change. We know with basic certainty that humans, um, human-caused greenhouse gas emissions are um, damaging the climate. We've raised global temperatures by over a degree Celsius so far. We're on track uh, to raise uh, global temperatures much further. Um, we have quite a solid understanding of climate science. And we've had enough understanding for decades now to, to actually understand the need to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. But um, the science has still um, improved. We do understand um, more around how our greenhouse gas emissions are damaging uh, the planet and how we're seeing worse extreme weather events uh, as well. What should the average Australian know about COP26? What would you want every person in Australia to, to know about this? COP26 uh, has the potential to be a pivotal moment in the global fight to tackle climate change. Countries will need to um, play their part. All countries will need to play their part in tackling this problem. And Australia is no exception. If we want to see solid action on climate change, we need to see wealthy countries, countries including Australia, stepping up to the table and making um, reasonably large uh, pledges and plans around emissions reductions. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. 
one of a five-part series that will talk to Australian climate scientists in the lead-up to the 26th United Nations Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com via the link in the description for more great content. And you can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science print magazine, and Cosmos Weekly, with its unique approach to how science, current affairs and the economy intersect. You can watch and listen to all our Cosmos briefings via the link that you'll also find in the description. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton. Today's interview was hosted by Lauren Fuge, and our executive producer is Catherine Roberts. Thank you.